Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another live episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And as you can tell, you're watching live. We are once again live on YouTube and Twitter, and you get to see Dan's bright, smiling face after that Dak Prescott extension. But we are joined by Dan Lamagna. That's at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan? I just couldn't wait for the beginning of the show just to talk about Dak for about like 15 seconds because I think that's probably all we have in our show notes. And I could be done. You guys can handle the rest of the show, man. Dak is back. Reason to celebrate. Have a toast to our listeners watching live and uh, Cowboys Super Bowl. Yes. We're going to do a very in-depth analysis here on Dak Prescott from a dynasty perspective. The contract is good news. There. There you have it. All right. We're also joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? What's up? You know, we, we skipped last week, but it's actually okay because no news happened last week. Within the last day or two, it filled up enough like information for the next three shows for us. We did take last week off, and I hold myself accountable. It was my doing, but you two gentlemen were quite understanding, so I appreciate that. And we didn't get too much hate mail from people. Guys, where where are you this week? Where, where are you? Well, we're back, so don't worry. All right, so tonight we are going to discuss some of the franchise tags that took place earlier today. Like Mitch said, it was an action-packed day. And then some of the players that were not franchise tag and the implications that has heading into 2021. Dan, Chris Godwin, franchise tagged. But it does sound like they are trying to work out a longer-term deal while that you know, has already taken place. So what are your thoughts here? Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is the dynasty outlook there? This was the one that was probably to all of us not a surprise. You know, we, we expected him to be back in Tampa Bay. I think it's a good sign for the direction of the Bucs that they're going in. Very talented young receiver. To your point, JB, I think they'll still work to get him signed long-term. And uh, he's a building block. He's a guy we talked about in Dynasty Theory that we think we could get at somewhat of a value, you know, compared to where he was going a year ago and feel very confident about having him in our Dynasty roster. So liking the move, liking Chris Godwin. Uh, did Again, the tag didn't really move him up or down my rankings any. Uh, you know, I feel the same, but it's good to have him officially firm in his landing spot of Tampa Bay. Mitch, do you remember last year when we were going through some of the offseason episodes, Chris Godwin was a hot, hot topic there. And there were people that had him close to f- number one overall wide receiver. And it's just crazy to see a 25-year-old receiver still entering his prime. What we have seen up to this point, when he's given the volume, he's been tremendous. When he hasn't been given the volume, still extremely efficient. But just like Dan said, now I think he's kind of like a, a player that we can get at a reasonable price tag in existing leagues and startups. I think so. I mean, we're so fickle as dynasty owners that one bad season from wide receiver. And it wasn't even, it was a bad season. It was just a mediocre season. It wasn't a Justin Jefferson season, right? So now all of a sudden he's dropping down. And for what reason? I don't know, because if you went on Twitter today, you also saw people are still down on him. They're like, Oh, this isn't good for a Chris Godwin's value. And I'm like, I will take all the Chris Godwin. I can, I will trade for him in about every league as well. 
and that's the thing that really gets me. I don't understand how this isn't good for his his value. I understand the aspect. Hey, we want to see these guys have longer term deals. We want their, you know, at least their near future to be a little bit more certain. But wide receiver is the one position I can live with that franchise tag. So I don't want to spend too much time on Dak because Dan, you know, he's going to get too excited, too hot and bothered over there. But with the uncertainty around Dak Prescott, I'm not saying he dropped significantly. And if you did drop him significantly because of that uncertainty, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. But maybe one tier, you know, two or three spots at, at the most. But quarterback, I get it. Running back, I never want to see a running back get franchise tagged because you're eating into so much of their 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 uh, shelf life there. But wide receiver, it shouldn't be an issue. So when I saw that franchise tag, like Dan said, it was expected. This really has no change to his dynasty value whatsoever. If you had him wide receiver 12, he should stay wide receiver 12. Dan, any concern with the fact that maybe they bring in, you know, bring back Antonio Brown, Mike Evans still there, Gronk, apparently he wants to come back. Are you going to fall into that trap? Hey, there's too many mouths to feed there in Tampa. I don't because we've seen the sample size of what it is with all of them together. You know, as far as volume and snap percentage, it's Godwin and Evans. They're on the field on all the time. They're running all the pass routes. If anything, what I look for, and we heard, I think it was Coach Leftwich, their, their offensive coordinator, talk about like after the Super Bowl, the team was kind of wishing there was more games. Like they still felt that they had room to grow. Um, you know, at one point they were kind of on that playoff bubble and then they just got so hot the second half of the season. So two things we're looking for. One is health. You know, hey, if he's healthy going into the season, hopefully he has a healthier year overall. Now he's got some continuity with Tom Brady, and he's going to be the guy with Evans. So I think he's a very safe pick. No, he's not as exciting and maybe have that ceiling of, you know, the Tyreek Hills and the Metcalfs and Devontae Adam Evans at the top of the board, even just Justin Jefferson. But he's a stud, he's solid, and he, he's going to be year two with Tom Brady now. See, I think that's the issue, though, because I, we've seen that ceiling. It's there. I think the ceiling's there, but the good thing about Chris Godwin is we know he wants to be in Tampa Bay. We look at Allen Robinson. So Allen Robinson got franchise tagged today too. And here's his response on his likes on Twitter right now. Oh, his I, last I, one says franchise tag is so lame. Those safeties want to hit the market. That's from Diggs. Andrew Brandt tweeted biggest winner today in the NFL is Kenny Galladay. A-Rob liked that. And then A-Rob liked Torrey Smith saying the franchise tag sucked. Like, Allen Robinson is pissed right now that he was signed. And so I do that is think that's going to get into dynasty managers' minds that, hey, what if A-Rob is pissed off enough not to show up right now? I mean, he doesn't have to show up. They can't find him because he won't be on the franchise tag. Like, he has to sign it before they can even find him. The only, a, the only thing, and sorry, Dan, the only thing with Allen Robinson, we have never seen, you know, even if he is liking tweets, I love how at this point in time, that's news. And, you know, Mitch bringing it up. I'm sure that's something that people are talking about. Or, oh, so-and-so unfollowed so-and-so on, on Twitter or Instagram. That That's news at this point. But for Allen Robinson, we've never seen a point in his career where I think as fantasy managers, we felt uneasy about him playing and reporting it just seems like out of character for him you know so, so he's I, been talking about this for the last month now he's like if they tag me 
I mean, they've had their chance to sign me. If they tag me, like, I don't want to sign that tag. So it's just going to be, but it's, this is going to be the talking point, right? To where, I mean, I'm sure he will show up the first week of the season. If Chicago tags him, he will be there the first week. That's my thought, right? But you're going to have enough people who say he's not going to show up for this year. And that's the difference between these two stud receivers. You know, to, to your point of does he does Godwin have a ceiling? Yes, but I, I think that is where Mouts come into feed, and I, I put him a little below the other guys. I don't think it really impacts him as not feeling good about the pick, but I do rather a guy that's going to get, you know, the potential to have all the volume. But you look at Tampa Bay, number 32 in the dysfunctional rankings. You look at the Bears, they're way up there, man. Mitch, to your point of this this, this Twitter, this is dysfunction happening here right now. Dysfunction even live if you're watching from YouTube, because I don't know what John – oh, I guess John's featuring Allen Robinson right now. That was pretty clever, John. I, I just saw John moving. I thought he was doing his weekly not happy with the setup, you know, aiming no, for per- per- perfection. But, you know, Robinson, he it's like being on a job. And you have that job so many years, and you're a good employee for so long. But then over time, it starts to grind you because you don't see things changing. Maybe you were told things were going to change. Allen Robinson, Russ Wilson, Deshaun Watson. There's that little doubt coming in our dynasty owners' minds right now. Now, let me ask you a question then, because for Chris Godwin, we said, well, at least I said, I I don't remember what you two said, but Chris Godwin, his ranking, his his value should not be changing whatsoever. Allen Robinson, on the other hand, he's tagged. Is he going to sign it? I think with his value overall that we see year in and year out, always undervalued, always underappreciated. This might be the perfect opportunity if you have a team that is built to win and you do fall on that side that, hey, Allen Robinson, he's going to report. It's not going to be a problem. He's going to sign that tag. Maybe this presents a really nice opportunity to get him at even more of a tremendous value. I'd love to give some future draft capital for him, like value in that regards where, you know what, I could be a little patient, even if there is some stumbling blocks with negotiations this year. Hey, that draft pick's not to the next year. I'll get him at a better price than I normally would, and I've got a stud wide receiver. I, value in a draft, though, John, I bet I get a little, I'd probably be the one guy that would fade him a little bit because there's so much depth at wide receiver that I could easily take somebody in his class that I know is going to play this year. But I think he's going to be bumped down. If you're in a startup right now, or you're in a startup prior to him signing that franchise tag, I, I think we're going to see him slip maybe to like wide receiver 20 range. And that wouldn't surprise me. And this is where as a dynasty owner, you need to take your stand, right? So right now, Chicago Bears do not have a quarterback. They don't have one. So if you feel, hey, this is really true. Chicago is actually going to go and try to trade for Russell Wilson. I would have to believe that Robinson, as soon as Wilson signed, he's going to be like, you know, that franchise tag isn't looking so bad anymore if it's Russell Wilson throwing me the ball. I could see him 100% saying, like, if it's Mitch Trubisky again, I'm not going through 16 weeks of that. And so it's a little bit of a game that you're going to play is if you think Chicago could bring in a good quarterback that Allen Robinson will be happy with, then all of a sudden, Allen Robinson, because what happens to Allen Robinson's value the second so just say, for instance, Russell Wilson goes there. It skyrockets, right? And it's just, are you going to be willing to make that bet? With Allen Robinson, I love the guy. So I'm willing to trade him, no ma- trade for him, no matter what. So the stance that you're taking is you're okay looking to acquire him. Yes. Certainly if there's more of a discount than we already see. Dan, I'm going to throw your word at you, conviction. 
and you kind of said it, I think, in leaning towards the side, there's always going to be a wide receiver that you might prefer, especially the fact that there's going to be more certainty maybe that the other wide receiver plays here in 2021. Yeah, you know, in that range, you know, I love it. I'd be more than happy taking Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, uh, Mike Evans, Amari, my boy Amari Cooper, of course. I mean, pick whoever's in that class. At least I know they're going to be the guy, and they're not in a situation where they're going to get stuck with Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles. Allen Robbins is probably thinking, we don't have enough ammo to get Russ Wilson. I don't believe that's truly going to happen, even though Russ is putting us in the class there. And then you look at the free agent quarterback class that we may dip into later. None of those guys make me feel much better than, than Mitchell Trubisky. So where am I going here in Chicago? Can I say, though, and I think it, you know, I've been I've been off of Twitter a little bit recently. It's just it's a long off season. And I've talked to people about this. People are going to get burned out here. You know, I, I know we're all amped for all these different things coming up, but the same takes can only be regurgitated so often. And I think one take that I did see. So the point of that, that tale right there was that on Twitter earlier today, when I was on during the very brief time, I saw several takes. Oh, this is awful. Allen Robinson franchise tagged. He has played with awful quarterbacks going back to college and he has produced. And I could take a clip of that show during the summer when Dan and I had that, that storied battle. It was like Rocky versus Apollo Creed. <laughs> and, you know, going again, Hollywood Brown and Allen Robinson, that was the discussion at the time. But what I said then, and it stands true now he played with terrible quarterbacks his entire career. So I don't care if he's franchise tagged as long as he plays this season. Again, his dynasty value should not change for it, it's not going to change, but in the eyes of many people, I believe it it's going change. to, it's going to. And I, I guess for, for me, John, it's a little less now of him playing with not a good quarterback. It's his recent reaction on social media saying, Hey, I might not play because of this poor quarterback play. So it, it's, I, I just don't want to get stuck. Even if it's only for a few weeks, I want a guy that's going to play all all 17 weeks. And then, sorry, I was just going to say real quick on the social media thing. This is something that we should expect moving forward. I mean, people that age grew up on social media. I mean, the old school, like you keep it in house, you don't say anything. That's not the case anymore. We should see this happen more and more. I mean, we've seen in this past off season, we've seen players go after fantasy analysts and being like, you don't know what you're talking about. I honestly think that's going to happen more and more. We're going to get more rookies coming in. They're going to get tagged in something and they're going to be like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And like, you need to be careful anytime moving forward, just like dogging on players because they could easily hop on and be like, look, dude, shut up. And then you're going to be ratioed in a second. And, and he has no fear of coach Nagy and, and the bears regimen of disciplining them or not being happy there. You know, we saw what happened with their wide receivers. They have, who was the guy? The first one. He was. He was a Georgia boy of mine. Got ejected early in the year for throwing a punch. Oh my the, goodness! Yeah, um, it's Ridley's brother, right? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Riley Ridley. It was. Oh my Mims, gosh. or was it? Or was he the second guy that did it? Yeah, it was Mims. Javon Mims. Yes. Was it? Wims, yeah, so, right. Wims. Wims. So Wims. So Wims gets ejected from a game, throws a punch, horrible behavior. Instead of cutting him, they only suspend him for three games. And then the postseason comes, and what happens when they play the Saints again? Anthony Miller does the same thing, throws a punch, gets ejected. You know, Coach Nagy gives him a little pep talk at the end there, but that that, that locker room's a mess right now, and that's what concerns me. All right, let's transition to some of the players that were not tagged. And while I said the franchise tag for a player like Chris Godwin, 
a younger wide receiver, even Allen Robinson to an extent, it really shouldn't impact their value negatively. One player that I think it would have, though, is Kenny Galladay. And not only would it impact his fantasy value, his dynasty value, I had to take him off my wall of wide receivers back here. And I had to bring in my first running back replaced by DeAndre Swift and a good one, a good one to replace Kenny Galladay with, but I can't be having a Jersey up here for a guy that doesn't play for that team. So presumably he's going to be uh, somewhere else this year, but Mitch, if Kenny Galladay were tagged and he would have been a Detroit lion this year, we know the dysfunction is high in Dan's rankings. We know Jared Goff is coming in. And of course, Kenny Galladay, there are some injuries throughout his, his career. Um, you know, I think there would have been, a negative value impact there overall for Kenny Galladay. And maybe for this one, rightfully so. See, I actually disagree a little bit. I actually think his dynasty value would stay the same because there's no one else to catch passes right now. So that available target thing would pop up and everyone would be like, well, someone's going to catch passes. And Kenny Galladay is really good. But now what we're going to see that he wasn't franchised, now he is the free agent wide receiver. He is going to be overpaid. He is going to be overhyped. And I'm completely out. Like he is going to move from where he was. He's going to move up past Amari Cooper. I would see, I could see him. Let's say he goes to Miami. Cause that's someone who's brought up a lot. He goes to Miami. I could see him being drafted above Mike Evans. There's no chance I am ever going to do that. But I, I think I right now it's going to jump up that high. I think that recency bias is going to hit. They're going to see that he has a four year contract for 18 million a year. Yep. And at that point I'm completely out. Okay. I, I, I will give you, I'll give you this one. I think if you're in a startup after next week, free agency period, and he gets in that spot, we're just for hype alone. We're not going to talk about whether or not it actually comes to fruition, but hype alone. Let's say he goes to Miami and there's speculation that Deshaun Watson goes there as well. I, I can, I can understand that at that point I'm, I'm moving Kenny, I'm moving him and I will throw in the Jersey with it. <laughs> I'm not I, 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 I take that back. You're not getting the jersey. But you oh, come on. I was just about to write that down. No, no, no. You can't have Penny, though. Fine, fine. No, I, you know, I, I like a little bit of the recency bias that Mitch talks about in free agency because when a guy gets signed somewhere, what, what, is Mitch getting like a written contract here? It was a, Mitch, you getting a contract? Is, is, what do so, you got there, Mitch? I got to be honest. I bought a Kenny Galladay signed oh. jersey. I haven't taken it out of the plastic yet because there's no reason to put it on the wall anymore. <laughs> when did you get that? Uh, three months ago. <laughs> uh. We always tell each other about our purchases. Why did you keep this from us? I'm sorry. My bad. Uh-oh. I, I feel Uh-oh. betrayed. Dynasty Theory listeners, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good here. This is. We always tell each other the jerseys we get. Anyway, Dan, what were you saying? I was saying to you, Mitch, you mentioned recency bias and kind of not liking that. And sometimes like the recency bias attracts me because when Mm -hmm. a a free agent player goes somewhere, that's saying, hey, this team is investing in you. We want you. We're focusing our offense around you. And I look at Galladay as one of six guys that are free agents at wide receivers that are in a good age range that have a lot of value. You know, that like we're hoping they sign somewhere. And when when Galladay wasn't tagged, to me, that's like, okay, here, there's one of the six that could go somewhere really good that could increase his value. The quarterback he goes to, you know, I would love to see Tua get Galladay if, <laughs> if Tua stays there. Um, so so I'm attracted by him going somewhere else, guys, and I'm okay with the recency bias a little bit. Now, I don't want to get too high on it and overpay, but at least I know, hey, a guy's going somewhere where they're going to pay him, they're going to invest in him, and they're going to build their offense around him, 
at his age for hopefully a few years. Okay, so I was just going to throw in, Dan, real quick. I know last year we saw Hopkins do very well his first year, and we saw Diggs do very well his first year. That's what John was going with, and I'm stealing it with him. But normally the first-year wide receivers, you know, the first year they're in the offense, they don't do well. Is that a worry for you with someone like Holiday? Because we've seen previously to where a free agent signs, and then they're just not good that first season. See, I think it depends who the receiver is. You know, I think he's in that class of the guys you mentioned, Diggs, Hopkins, Amari Cooper, that we know they're going to be, they're just great wide receivers. So I think A-Rob, Galladay, the other ones become a little bit more risk when you get into the Will Fullers, the Corey Davises. I do like Juju, but even there, I guess there could be some risk. And, and Curtis Samuel was the other guy I had in that group. They're all just in the entering the prime of their career. They're talented. If a team's going to pay them big bucks, Galladay's a guy that I think, at least for a few years, Mitch, he, he's going to be a good football player wherever he goes. Mitch, you did. You, you stole the idea. That, that's exactly what I was you know, bringing to the table here. But not so much, is it really going to impact him? We historically haven't seen high-end receivers. And I think when it comes down to the wide receiver position, and Dan, you played wide receiver, so you can speak to this better than myself or Mitch, but I think Kenny Galladay is a fantastic actual wide receiver. Throw fantasy out, throw injuries out, you know, but Kenny Galladay, when he's healthy on the field, he's just an incredible talent. And uh, it's very rare that we see players like that not get extended and move from team to team. And the two best examples, one was a trade, but Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, Amari Cooper via trade, but some of these other players, yeah, they struggle, but they're not in that class whatsoever. And basically just to reiterate what, what uh, Mitch said earlier. Does that mean you guys like made up? Like now you're back on that same think-alike wavelength despite the, the little Galladay hidden secret? You know, yeah, we're okay, but I, I just thought that we had that open line of communication. We can work I, through it. I was okay. sorely mistaken here, but <laughs> we'll talk about that some more off the air. We don't need to get everybody involved here. Now, but we will get the tight end position involved. Did you like that segue? Did you like that? You like? Nice. Mitch, Mitch said, John, you're crazy. I, I, I have to I, I have to pull up. It was an unprovoked DM a few weeks ago. He goes, John, I, I gotta talk to you about, about Hunter Henry. He's getting franchise tagged. Well, here we are on March 9th. Hunter Henry was not franchise tagged. And I, I text Mitch, I said, Oh, Mitchell. And he said, What did I do? And then a minute later, he goes, Never mind. I know. But Hunter Henry, he's in that that tier in that class of tight ends. He could be tight end six, seven, eight. He could be tight end 11, 12, 13. You know, there's a very broad range there, but I think it's safe to say he is not in the top two tiers or so, however you want to break it down. But Hunter Henry not being franchise tagged, does that speak more towards, you know, just a change in direction? You have the new coaching staff, the new regime, or maybe there's a concern with Hunter Henry a little bit longer term. Hunter Henry... Are you looking to acquire him at this point in time, Mitch? No, no. So just like you said, Hunter Henry to me, and it, I mean, we're going to see the value bump. He's going to sign with a new team and he's going to get a little bit of a bump from there. But he is a guy who will get 50 catches for 600 yards and four touchdowns. And that's just what we expect from this year. He's never going to be tight in four. He's probably never going to be tight in 15. He is going to fit right in between there. And 
I could find 10 other guys that could do the exact same thing. So in my view, I would rather take the shot on someone I could hope maybe some chance can be tight end five, can be tight end four. Then know that I'm getting a guy who's, he's only 26, which is really good, but just a guy who's just a guy in the tight end position as far as fantasy goes. All right, really quick before I throw it over to uh, Dan here. Uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews. I think those are safe to say. Those four guys you Fair have Hawkinson over... and Pitts. I'm, I'm not done. Sorry. <laughs> not, not only are you making unapproved purchases, but now you're doing this. Holy cow. Oh, there's a holy cow, bitch. I, I I've know. been saying Good that more and more. Got to fit it in. More. Anyway, so Hawkinson, Fant, Goddard. Are we all taking them? Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts. Yes. Yep. What about Mike Kosicki? No, I'll, I'll take Hunter Henry over Kosicki. I'll take Kosicki. Anu Smith? No. Ir- <laughs> Irv Smith? Yes, I will actually probably take Irv Smith right now. No. Evan Ingram? <laughs> I love Evan Ingram. I'll take Ingram. Yeah, I take Ingram mm-hmm. too. I, li- I like Henry over, Henry over those guys. Um, and then we get into Tanyan. Sorry, Tanyan. Hooper, Logan Thomas. I will take Hunter Henry over over Hooper and Thomas. Can I get a contract for Robert Robert Tunyon? Can I get a contract? Yeah, if he gets one, I mean, you take him at this point. See, here's the, here's the thing, John. Uh-oh. I like where we're putting Henry. I think we're all have him in the same cluster. He's not a guy, Mitch, where I would say recency bias is going to bump him up for me like when he goes somewhere else. But I am excited to see where he goes, and I'm going to like him probably wherever he goes because I think whoever's going to pay for him is a team that says, hey, our offense is predicated around utilizing a guy of his skill set as a tight end. He was in a good situation, I thought, with the Chargers. I think he's you know, probably going to go to a good situation again. But for Dynasty, the thing is, if we don't get Hunter Henry where his value lands, we're all okay with it because of every guy you just named. Like we we, we don't get him big deal. Mitch took him. All right, we're we're gonna take who's next on our list? Jaseki, Ingram, Janu, Irv Smith, Tunyon. They're all they're all in that same cluster. But I think when you look at the free agent market, he's one of Gronk. Let's just say he's gonna stay in Tampa. I cannot see Gronk possibly leaving Brady. He's one of maybe two, three tight ends that you really are kind of excited about to some degree. There's John, who maybe someone else Mitch is going to talk about later in the show notes here. So uh, I, I'm excited to see where he lands. I like Hunter, Hunter Henry. I'd love to have him on my dynasty team, but if I don't get him, I'm also not concerned. He's never going to go in that class of everybody you named above him before. I've been calling this for weeks, and th- this is what provoked Mitch's verbal attack on me. <laughs> I said Hunter Henry is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. I, that that is how they are going to approach the tight end position, and if that happens, then Hunter Henry becomes a full blown. I'm getting him off my roster at the right price because I think I can move him at a very significant oh, value. Yeah. When, again, when we say oh player X, we're looking to move him. We're not just moving them to, to, for the sake of moving them. It's always going to be, as we say, as I say in the intro, price dependent. But you're looking to cash out at that inflated value. If you're not going to get that in return, sure. Hang on to them. My hair is really something tonight, guys. I, I laugh every time. If you go back and you watch the every YouTube episode we put out, you two look exactly the same. Hmm? I look like a different person every episode. 
You look relaxed tonight. Normally, you look like you're ready for a date with your wife. Like, you, you know what I mean? It's all greased up and styling and, like, hair that I wish I had. But Rick, Rick, you, look, Rick. you look relaxed. Greased up is not a very flattering way to yeah. describe Like a John Travolta grease. Like, you got stuff you could do with your hair that, you know, I couldn't do since, like, high school, buddy. You know, it's it's been some time since I had hair like that. I probably never had hair like that, to be honest with you. It's fluffy. It's fluffy tonight. Right. Yeah, the, the gel, it's, it's no longer holding. Anyway, that's enough about my hair. Uh, so, Hunter Henry, I, I think that's a, a good conversation around the tight end position. Now, this one, we are going to... You know, I'm going to hold off on this one because I want to incorporate it with the free agent frenzy with one of Mitch's takes. Uh, 32nd take on Chris Carson. The report came out. He was not franchise tagged. Mitch, off the air, you said, uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think that was actually an option to begin with, but now we know that it didn't happen. But I'll tell, like everybody knows, I love Chris Carson. I think Chris Carson is going to go to a good spot. And I'm probably going to overdraft him in a whole bunch of leagues. And, you know, it's something that I'm going to be okay with. Uh, what if he goes to Atlanta? People, I think people would love it. Then I will way overdraft him because I'll love him even more. What if he goes to San Francisco? I, I think yeah. people, like, you know, there are spots out there. And I love Chris Carson. He's just, and I I know uh, Scott Connor over at Dynasty and Chill, we've talked about this several times. I'm going to say something. And Scott, I know I'm going to get the text from you tomorrow. I know it. JB, that wasn't actionable, but Chris Carson, he's a hold for me. And I, you can't move him for anything reasonable, no. but there's no. always that potential for that value bump and that, that uptick there throughout this off season, if he lands in a favorable spot. And if that presents an opportunity for me to move him, then great. I just don't think you're going to get anything in return that makes sense to move him. You know, you're not going to get an early second. I don't think you're going to get a mid second. So Sorry, Scott, but I'm going to hold him. I'm going to hold him. Uh, Dan, I know you love Chris Carson. 30-second spiel. 30-second spiel. I think if he lands somewhere good, he doesn't rise too much up any of our rankings probably because it's. I think it, he just separates himself from the people in his class that are in that age range. I mean, he's actually, I mean, 26. He's got a few good years left, but – you know, once you hit near 30, it dives. So he's in that group where he's just going to stand out from the rest of the free agent class. You know, you got uh, – we got Aaron Jones, who's the stud of the class. You have Chris Carson, Lenny Fournette, who are probably like the the only really two guys that excite me out of the rest of the free agent class. Drake, Connor, maybe you can make an argument for. That's it. So I think they're just going to solidify a good situation and you hope to get a couple good years out of them. But right now I agree. It's a hold with UJB as we wait and see where he goes. And that's, I like what you said there. All those guys kind of are in the same tier class, however you want to describe it, but it's whoever gets to the market first and whoever gets a, just give me a two year contract in a decent spot. If that's Kenyon Drake, I'd be more than willing and happy to take Kenyon Drake over Chris Carson. If it's Chris Carson, you know, vice versa. But there's one more guy that we did not mention, but we're going to transition to the free agent frenzy. I challenged you guys with a player that you're looking possibly to acquire, or just maybe they'd interest you overall um, in the dynasty landscape as a free agent. And Mitch, I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit. But your guy was Jamal Williams. Mm -hmm. You wanted to talk about him, and it ties in perfectly with 
the Aaron Jones situation. And I want to discuss AJ Dillon. So the green Bay backfield, but what are your thoughts on Jamal Williams? So Jamal Williams is just the guy to where I think he fits in 25 offenses. The second he goes in there, you know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to be the third down back who could block really well. And if the starting running back goes down, he can take over and be fine for three or four games. And so for me, those are the running backs that I love. I know he's older, but you know the NFL is going to like him, right? So you're going to hear about guys like James White is more than likely going to the Buccaneers, right? I don't want him because he's never going to take over as the lead role. I want a guy like Jamal Williams to where he's only going to be, he's going to be 26 at the beginning of April, which so is like the, death in the dynasty landscape for running backs. Right? Although he's, he's a fresh 26 though. He's not like one with a lot of miles on the tires yeah, so. without a doubt. And so mm-hmm. I actually listed four spots. You guys tell me if I'm wrong here because I have this Jamal Williams rule, right? And I tweeted about it today and I, it was the Carlos Hyde rule before it's now the Jamal Williams rule. If the running back right now will lose value if Jamal Williams signs there, that running back is probably overvalued. So I'm going to give you four guys, and you tell me if their value is going to drop if that team signs Jamal Williams. Wait, 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 wait. In so, our eyes or the dynasty communities? Dynasty eyes? communities, because our eyes doesn't matter. It's what the 11 other owners in the league believe. Okay, first, okay. Gibson. No, I think people like him too much as is. I don't think this is from everybody else's perspective. I can't see people dropping Gibson at all. Okay. I I agree. Moss. Yeah. Moss would be dead, right? Yeah. And probably Devin also. Devin Singletary and I, we're on a first name basis. Just Devin. Devin and JB hanging out. I think Devin's already toast. So I, I think it might make him toast, but uh, there's this little part of me that thinks maybe people will think Moss is the guy if co- Buffalo coaching staff says something that they're, you know, giving him the chance. I, I could see his stock rising at some point. Even it, if they sign Jamal Williams. I think Jamal would take on like the Devin role or, I mean. Okay. But, Next but, one. But, but, but like, it, it could be a three-headed monster. So to your point, that could become a three-headed monster. And then if you got three, you've got nothing. So. I was just going to say, people already see that as a committee, and not to say it isn't, get worse. but they're going to cannibalize each other. And then, as Linda, Linda G always says, yeah. Josh Allen's their running back one. That's so right. he's vulturing yeah, like four. Right? All right, so I have your- two more, which are hot takey, but I do believe their value should be lower if he signs there. First one is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon will lose the passing down roll if Jamal Williams goes there. And he doesn't even have a full grip on that as is um yeah and i i I think that's fair because right now i think the dynasty community is split and fantasy community in general half of the people they hate joe mixon (laughs) they hate joe mixon the fantasy asset and then the other people oh well he's so undervalued because the other 50 percent absolutely despise him but i do think that's fair i think we would see more of a shift from that 50 50 number that i just pulled out of nowhere to maybe 60 40 now fading him I think Mixon will kind of go to where I think though people view him a little bit more like an Aaron Jones, a little Jones William combination there versus a guy that you think is going to just get all the touches. So, yeah, maybe slides a little. Last one, Ch, because I actually think if Jamal Williams went there, we would see Ch drop a lot. Can he Not drop a little? It? I would actually think he would drop to like two more rounds in a startup. Can he drop any further though? He's going in the fifth. I could see him actually dropping to the seventh if Jamal Williams went there. 
Yeah, I'm just I I think Jamal Williams at this point is certainly more of a threat than Le'Veon Bell was last year. And I I, I love Jamal Williams, and he's one of those guys. And maybe I just haven't seen it, but I haven't heard of any. I mean, any off the field issues? I again, I may have missed that, so I apologize if I have. But you see him goofing around with teammates. Aaron Jones gets a touchdown. Jamal Williams is like, "Yeah, let's go!" Like he just seems like a great teammate and a great guy to to have on your side. But yeah, uh, Jamal Williams goes to the Chiefs. Again, I think there it would knock Ceh's overall value within the community down because he's a very divisive player as is. And now you're bringing another piece, even though it is only Jamal Williams. I, I can see that one. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Lair would probably that he's in that class where I'm like, Hey, do I, what do I think of a Lair? You know, where, where is he with the Josh Jacobs and Antonio Gibson's and James Robinson's. And like you, if he gets competition or something else interferes, then I, I take those guys after him. I see Packy's co- talk comment there. Yeah, I can't believe we've talked this much about Jamal Williams. This is definitely a deep dive there, Mitchell. So this is the reason why he's a buy for me, though. If he could go into a situation with Mixon and CEH, and we think that he could drop the value of those guys, that's why he's a buy for me. Because, like, can we... Go ahead. We're we're all four four of us. Holy cow, I can't even count tonight. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, Dak's back. You're you're talking Dak there, number four. That's it. All three of us brain fart have, you know, we're in deeper leagues. Mm-hmm. So these are the types of players we're looking to round out our roster. If you're in a 12 team league, start 12, a 14 team league, start 10. Believe it or not, players like Jamal Williams, they are creeping in your lineup every once in a while. And if he can land in a favorable spot, I like that as a, I mean, does it even cost you a late third value in a startup? I don't know. No, not in a startup. So. Yeah, like, like him, him as a flyer. Like him as a buy late flyer. So if that's what you're defining as buy, Mitch, I, I could be on board with that. You hope he gets in a situation like Mike Davis had in Carolina, where if the starter yep. goes down, he's going to fill you some nice games. No matter what, he's going to have a little bit of a role. He's solid. But I don't ever think he's going to be the guy or a feature mm. guy or be more than that. Agreed. Mitch, did you have anything else? I kind of jumped in there. No, that was perfect. Yeah. So Jamal Williams, somebody that Mitch is interested in, and I have him on several rosters. Again, we're not saying go out there and spend a first. That's not the takeaway here. But just like Dan said, if he goes to a Washington and Gibson gets dinged up and misses multiple games, we saw Mike Davis get moved for early seconds this year. Like that, that happened because if you're a contender and Mike Davis is that missing piece and he kept people afloat, Jamal Williams could certainly return tremendous value, even if you don't like Jamal Williams, the player. But how could you not like him? But Aaron Jones, so he was not tagged. I think it is great news for Aaron Jones, but then I saw the blurb come out that maybe there's still some talks about getting him a longer-term deal. I can't see that happening. You spend a second-round draft pick on A.J. Dillon. Well, they spent a first-round draft pick on Jordan Love, too, so who knows what they're doing. But you bring in A.J. Dillon. Jamal Williams could be gone. I, Aaron Jones, he's going to be the, the hottest running back on the market. He is going to get paid. Whether or not a running back should get paid that much is a completely other conversation. But Dan, Aaron Jones, I love Aaron Jones. Should we be intrigued by him at this point? I think we have to be intrigued by him. You know, he's an age, he's a versatile back. He catches the ball, which we love in PPR. 
you know, the, the business part of me says he has an agent that's going to make sure he gets paid and, and he will leave Green Bay. There's a little part of me that, you know, does he have enough say to his agent, say, you know what, if you could keep me here, I want to stay. I think it was the last game he played. He had a big play and he pulled out his charm and it was a huge Green Bay Packer logo. So, you know, maybe I don't know if he was making a statement there that he wanted to stay in Green Bay or something. But, uh, you know, there's some situations out there like Atlanta, like San Francisco, you know, especially Atlanta. I mean, he could be the guy and really get featured. So I always loved Aaron Jones. I love watching him run. I love watching him catch the ball. Um, you know, I got, I think he is to some degree a third down back. You got to spell him because you want to get him through this season, but he's not a guy you take out situationally because it's third down. I've seen Aaron, Aaron Rodgers feature him at receiver when they didn't have as many weapons as they did this year, running those like, wheel routes and whatnot, you know? I like how Atlanta and San Francisco, they're the running back equivalent of what we always say with Green Bay yeah. <laughs> and Houston if John Watson was going to be there with wide receivers. Uh Mitch, I, so, so Aaron Jones, the, uh, you know, intriguing how much of his value in fantasy production was bolstered by touchdowns in that offense. That's certainly going to be a discussion point here. We'll talk about how touchdown dependent he is as a running back. But the other piece to this puzzle, A.J. Dillon. Wait, Mitch, did you? No, I agree. No, I agree on Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is everything that you want. Yeah. What, what are you grimacing about? Are you thinking about that Kenny Galladay purchase jersey still? Probably, yeah. Anyone want it? DM me. You're looking at your top <laughs> top market. AJ Dillon, you got to be able to run the ball in the postseason. You got to run the ball late in the season in Green Bay. We we showed how they they did involve him in their game plan when he was healthy. We we say, hey, if they can't sign Aaron Jones, that coaching staff has to be saying, boy, we're pretty comfortable with AJ Dillon and Jamal Williams. You know, that's a nice one-two punch. We featured Dillon, Jamal. You know. It cuts into that time. Now, does that excite me about A.J. Dillon? Now, if he's a starter, I like him a little bit more. I think he could get the goal line carries, although I could see Jamal Williams sniping him here and there and Devontae Adams and, and those kind of things. So maybe he's not as enticing, but yeah. so, so don't waver here, Dan. There, there's two ways to look at this. We see the report and speculation. Okay, they're still working on something with Aaron Jones behind the scenes. He wasn't franchise tag, but maybe he gets a contract. If that's your mindset, you're looking to move so, AJ Dillon. You're looking to move him. Hold on, hold on. But if if you're the other way, AJ Dillon's going to be their starter. Maybe you use that speculation of Aaron Jones getting a, another contract in Green Bay as a perfect opportunity to acquire AJ Dillon. It is because uh, so I guess where I'll, I'll try to not waver, and that's why I was calling the timeout. So let's just say Aaron Jones is gone. I, at that point, I would speculate AJ Dillon is the guy. You know, maybe again Jamal Williams cuts into it. That bumps AJ Dillon against all these guys. I have, you know, the, the Chris Carson's, the Leonard Fournettes, the, the good guys that may start for a couple years, but having that volume now at a young age is going to bump him right up. You know, do I put him ahead of Damian Harris because he's in a better situation? Yeah. But it, it wouldn't catapult them ahead of the, I don't think anyway, you know, the David Montgomery's to the James Robinson. So it would take them from like a third tier to a second tier running back for me. So this was actually brought up in our Discord. And if anyone wants in our Discord, shoot me a message on Twitter and I'll send you the invite for it because we have a really good group going in there. And one of the questions was, would you trade AJ Dillon right now for a 22 first? And I flat out said no. Because here's what can happen and what I think more likelihood what will happen. A.J. Dillon in August is looked at as the starting running back for the Green Bay Packers. 
if you want to trade him then, you get a lot more than a 22 first. I mean, it could probably be closer to two 22 firsts. I mean, it's probably a 22 first and a really good wide receiver. And that's how you're going to be able to trade him. And so in my view, if I have A.J. Dillon right now, I am holding and I am just waiting. I mean, the only bad thing that could happen is Aaron Jones goes back and you're like, crap. But if that doesn't happen, you know that your expectations on what you're going to be able to get to him, they just went up. Yeah, I'm waiting for that week mat, like week matchup, week three, where they run all over somebody. Yep. He has 100 yards and two touchdowns, and then boom, spikes through. Young running back, Green Bay looks like a stud. That's when you that's when you trade him. I'm gonna bust out my my scale of probability here that I've been mentioning recently. What's the likelihood that certain events happen, and then what's the outcome if those events do take place? If Aaron Jones, let's say he does get extended and you know he gets a brand new contract, AJ Dillon's value plummet. But what's the likelihood of that? Let's just say randomly 20%. Yeah. What's the likelihood that he is the starter week one? If you want to say 50%, fine. But then, like Mitch said, his value is going to be significantly more than a 2022 first. And then the remaining portion, they bring somebody else in and A.J. Dillon's on a running back by committee, but still a pretty valuable committee to have in Green Bay. So at that point, if you want to move him for that first, I still think you could. So again, that 20% chance that he bottoms out, that's probably where I am. I would not move A.J. Dillon for a 2022 first today. I, I, I can safely say that. Am I shopping him if I have him? Heck yeah. But it's gonna it's gotta be for more than that if I'm gonna move him. All right. Anything else on AJ Dillon, Jamal Williams, uh Aaron Jones, a, a lot there in Green Bay. I think Packy, Packy's loving this episode tonight. He's this has to be the Green Bay episode. It's taking up most of our show notes here on Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Holy You can cow. tell we didn't have an episode last week because we could break down three players and go for 20 <laughs> minutes on each of them. I, I I told my wife again coming down here tonight, coming to the the dynasty dungeon. Oh no, you, you didn't. You I said, didn't. I said half an hour, half, <laughs> half, half an hour. So you always hex us with that. Anytime you think it's short, we go longer. Mitch thinks we're short, we go long. But my, my notes are a little bit shorter on, on my my buys and sells. I, Mitch did an impressive deep dive on Jamal Williams tonight. So. All right, so uh, Dan, I want to go over to your the guys that you're looking to acquire, and I actually every all our listeners know when I present you guys with the the task. To, to name players or rattle them off. Dan always comes with these players. I'm like, Dan, how the heck does that guy fit this category? And then we then we argue and we don't talk for three days after. No, I'm kidding, of course. But this list right here, for one reason or another, I can actually get behind this. Mm-hmm. So you're, the guys you're looking to acquire right now, prior to next week's free agency, who, who do you have here? Yep. I started with two and I had a late add to the show notes tonight. So I have three guys, but primarily the first two, one, Jonu Smith, uh, just a guy that I was high on, very high on the beginning of last year. And boy, was I on cloud nine for a little while. And then it kind of plateaued, but 25 years old, I'm just so intrigued on where he's going to land. You know, first I think who could the Titans afford? Do they try to bring back Jonu Smith and, or, Corey Davis. We don't believe they're going to bring back both. They've already said they're both going to test the market. Um, but, you know, Tennessee's got to have some weapons other than A.J. Brown, too. You know, maybe they believe in Ferkser. They do have a good passing tight end there. So he he could be a, a value add if John who leaves. But John was one of those guys where he was on, um, you know, 
uh, P. Bomberant, I can't, I can never pronounce this trainer's name, but he's on Shefty every year, and he just talked about what a freak Johnu was. And I think I, I, I still can't even, I think it was. I can't even pronounce Jonu Smith's name. I'm not going to be able to pronounce <laughs> the trainer's name. Yeah, so so Johnu, he is just like this trainer just loved what Johnu was doing in the offseason last year. He's 25, tight ends develop late. He's starting to really, you know, show us what he can do. If he, for some reason, went back in Tennessee, I'm curious, you know, is there new offensive coordinator wrinkles now going from Todd Downing, who replaces Arthur Smith, who's the Falcons head coach, and then maybe they say, hey, okay, Corey Davis has gone. Do we utilize him more? Or does he go somewhere else and get featured and gets out of that, like, timeshare of three tight ends in Tennessee, and they say, hey, we got to get this guy the ball because we know what he could do after the catch. So, you know, I'm hoping he could kind of, you know, with change, go somewhere where they're going to invest in him and utilize his athleticism, get him the ball more. We watched the games last year. I mean, you could – run him in a sweep like Kansas City uses Kelsey at the goal line. He could get a lot of touchdowns. He does a lot after the catch. So I'm excited about Janu. And then the next one's a little bit of bias. I like Johnny Smith here to fit this this category. I'm looking at different teams. Would you be intrigued by any of these teams? And Mitch, let's start with you. Arizona Cardinals. Nope. Well, I didn't think you were going to take. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I thought you would at least about it for a second let me find another team hold on okay. he's not as tall as darn dan arnold i don't know if kyler would be able to see john you know? <laughs> what, what if john who doesn't leave the division what if he trickles right over there to the indianapolis colts who now has carson wentz who I loves mean, the tight end that is going to be no matter what tight end a tight end is going to go there no matter what tight end goes there they will be what tight end seven probably in in redraft at least Probably best ball redraft. It'll probably be tight ends. Whoever it is, it doesn't matter. Well, I actually thought I was being original there because in my defense, I've been off the Twitter machine. I yes. haven't seen a Johnny to the Colts thought. No, it, no one said it, but I'm just saying a tight end overall in that offense. I mean, they're gonna boom. But you put if you put him on that fast Indianapolis turf mm-hmm. with Frank Reich, I would be excited. Cause I mean he's he's a tight end that like he catches it. If you give him open space, he could take it to the house. Yep. He's a 70 yard touchdown tight end guy. Mm. Oh, he's he's an athletic monster, and we know that Dan, you you were on board. Yeah, that get me hot here, John. Uh, last team here, just because of the Arthur Smith narrative. What if they bring him into Atlanta? No. <sighs> then I then I have these like flashbacks of Tennessee. How is he going to use them? Does he utilize? You know, now they always say they play to their talented the team. So I mean, it was heavy volume King Henry in Tennessee. They're no matter what running back, how good he is, he's not going to be Derrick Henry in Atlanta. So. Maybe, but man, Calvin Ridley, Julio. Uh, I, I worry a little bit about volume. Hurst isn't going anywhere. That that's the thing. And I think there was even a little blurb not too long ago about possible extension talks there. So Here's one. Cincinnati. I just looked at that. I, I was just looking at that. Joe Burrow. Who baby. Drew Sample was getting picked up in like every single league after like week two, and people were spending all of their fab on him. <laughs> and he's a, block, he's a blocking tight end. He's yeah. never going to be a receiving tight end for our listeners. I know John has a little something for Drew Sample. He's a good football player, but for fantasy football, man, boy, you put John there again. In my defense, it. I did not look to acquire him in – most league formats, but if it was two PPR, I was unloading. <laughs> Unfortunately, I should have looked over to Dallas and, and went the Dalton Schultz rally. So I, I incorrectly maneuvered there, but we're talking about Atlanta and getting a running back. We saw what the banged up Todd Gurley did at times last year. 
there, there was upside there. Mm-hmm. What if playoff Lenny goes there, Dan? I know he's next up on your list. How excited would you be if playoff Lenny? Well, one, where do you think he could land Two, He's a buy for you. What are you looking to move for him? I'm hoping he stays in Tampa Bay, but if he did go someplace like Atlanta, I, I, I'd definitely be excited. You know, and I, I think actually I was corrected on Twitter today. It's, he's Lombardi Lenny. All right? He's Lombardi Lenny. He's the man, you know, Super Bowl hero there. But 26, guys, like if you just give him a little bit of blocking in the red zone, he's going to score you six points. He is awesome inside the five. He blocks well enough. He catches well enough. He still has a bit of wiggle in him. Um, Coach Arians likes him, and they have a great offense. Um, you know, he goes there, he loses all those temper issues he had in Jacksonville. He seems like a player that could hold up physically for a few good years. He's fresh. The Super Bowl is over and he goes, when do we start again? I was like, oh, all right. Uh, so I'm, I'm, there's just enough of those good signs where I think he's the top of the free agent class of these running backs. And, and uh, you know, what will I move for him? A- a- Aaron Jones <sighs> says he's not quite at the top. You know, he's not. There's Aaron Jones, and then there's the rest of the class. Like Aaron right. Jones, Connor, is in Chris, his Carson. class. But yeah. like a- after Aaron Jones, I I want Carson or Lenny. Like like the, and then it, it just keeps dropping off from there as you go. So if I'm a team looking for a running back, and, and I'm not, I know I'm not gonna have to pay a fortune for Lenny Fournette. You know, I think Aaron Jones is the tough one because he wants bigger money. Um, just put him on my team. I mean, you see me take him in a startup recently, so I'm definitely backing that up when I need a running back. Um, I'm, I'm very happy having him as like my third running back on my dynasty roster. Um, so we'll see, but you know, I, I, I'm a little hesitant to give up heavy draft capital there, John, you know, I, those draft picks burn a hole in my pocket. Like I would easily give a second up and, you know, another player, or if we were in a draft, a second and something, I wouldn't give up a first just cause, but you know, you say second, do you mean 2022? Or are we looking to dip into this 2021 draft capital, assuming you have any left? But that's been long gone. Yeah, like so. If we were in a startup now, like I would give you my second next year and and something. Like I wouldn't give up a first next year because again, it will be a matter of time before he's pushing 30. Like I don't think he's going to light the league up, but he could get fair value for him. I'm I'm confident in 10 touchdowns, up to 10 touchdowns in a good offense. I actually think if in all of your leagues, if you send a second for him, I bet you would be probably accepted in 40 percent of them for the teams that love the draft picks and the rookies mm-hmm. it's a fair return and again it goes into that well if leonard fournette lands here is his value going to be a 2022 second so how where's your conviction where do you see him going how do you see it impacting his value because all this is about being ahead of that curve yep are we going to miss some of these sure but the players that were brought to the table tonight, Jamal Williams as a dynasty by certainly much lower cost. So uh, on that uh, that range there, and then playoff Lenny a little bit higher up, but then talking about some of the fades in Hunter Henry that Mitch wants nothing to do with. Talked about Kenny G, Allen Robinson, Godwin being tagged. But thank goodness that there was some news mm-hmm. that, that came up because we needed it. And I honestly, I can't believe we're almost in the middle of March free agency next week is upon us. And I'm sure next week we'll be touching on maybe, maybe some free agency thoughts that we just didn't think of or discuss tonight. But finally, this this is one of my favorite times of the dynasty calendar, especially with no, no uh, combine this year, you know, as to, to fill the, the gap free agency, the franchise tags, those are important 
things that we need to be looking at that have huge dynasty implications, both short and long-term. Dan, I know you missed it last week, buddy, but let me get it here. Final thoughts. Dan, you have to, you have to roll up two weeks of final thoughts for our listeners. We are here. Episode 108. What do you have for everybody before the free agency week? Man, you know, I think the next show of ours guys is going to be hot because I think you're going to see those free agent deals be announced right at the time, Monday, Tuesday, going into our show, and then they become official on Wednesday. So I think we're going to have some hot news on our next show. Um, but, you know, my final thoughts would just be a bonus guy. I, I said I added one in the note, and I think we, we we ran out of time. I know Mitch likes Gerald Everett, which is, is an interesting guy that I think we watched to see where he lands. He's in that Janu Hunter Henry last of the good tight ends and then my my final thoughts Andy Dalton like there's only a few quarterback spots left we saw what he did in Dallas last year guys could he be better than Jameis Winston Cam Newton Mitch Trubisky and and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick he could be better than all those guys not better than Jameis Winston no why not I, I would take Fitzpatrick too you get the beard that beard adds fantasy points it's actually written in most bylaws that if you have a beer like Ryan Fitz. Fitzpatrick, Fitz. Yeah, I want to call him Fitzgerald. I have no idea why. I'm like, it's not Fitzgerald, but I want to say Fitzgerald. But when you have a beard like his, you actually get five extra fantasy points each week. Anybody so who has a beard, a beard like his, and dresses up like Deshaun Jackson or whoever did that when you're the gold and with the <laughs> chest hairs out, he deserves to be moved up. I get that. This, but this is my age discrimination. I mean, he's like Frank Gore. So I just think if you want a quarterback for a few years. We don't know if Cam could throw the ball. We did. Trubs is like a mess. Trubisky, Winston. There's no proof that he he could protect the football. I and mean, Coach Arians literally uh, on a podcast said, "You know, I love Jameis, but just not a leader." You gonna tell me? Like, I mean, Coach Arians literally on the air said he's not a leader. So just to me, Big Red man, he's a locker room favorite, and he showed he could he could, he could manage a ball game and win. So just a late draft tidbit is my final thought and. Uh, PlayStation Day for Mitch and I, John. We're gonna That's be like right. two, two kids here, man. We got our we got our PlayStations ordered today. Good day. When do they come in? End of the month. Yep. Are you taking a day off of work? Or are you? Might have to. Mitch might have to too because he's afraid. I don't he's know get how lost. I haven't played video games in quite some time. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. It's for, it's for our kids, John. That and good TV shows. <laughs> John isn't a part of them. I love good TV shows. I I, I don't understand how this turned into a bash john <sighs> but typically it, it always does but anyway after a week off I, I was all amped up i was so excited to jump on with you guys tonight talk about some of the free agents and and the players that were franchise tagged and some that weren't but as always want to thank everybody for tuning in follow the show on twitter and instagram at dynasty theory ff stay safe be kind to each other have a great night